Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And a good morning to you all out there. David McLean here, published or not, and Jan's not here. She's having a break, but I have a real treat. A.S. Patrich. It's Alec Patrich, yes, and I hope I've got the pronunciation of your surname correct. Sure. Sure. You know, Patrick's fine as well. Patrick, the anglicised version. The novel, Black Rock, White City, and it's your first novel. Well, it's the first published novel. First published novel. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so are there others in in yeah. the bottom drawer of your desk? First thing I did was um, write a, a novel that took me seven years to write, um, but it's one of those books that's um, on the shelf now, and um, hopefully in the future, you know, it'll it may day. come out. Well, but this is a burgeoning career because you've been in before, Alec. <laughs> that's right. I've been here twice before. Twice before, short stories and um, a sort of novella yep. uh, and such like. But this is quite an exciting, well, exciting book, an interesting book, um, one to make you think. So the book is called Black Rock White City, um, but it's the backdrop is Bosnia, Herzegovina, Sarajevo, Serbs and Croats. What was the reason for that backdrop? The reason for the backdrop was the actual story, you know, the story that I wanted to tell, um, which um, was, it started off with an idea of uh, graffiti, you know, um, and a particular kind of virulent um, graffiti that appears in a hospital, almost like a disease erupting from the walls. And um, it was a particularly, well, there was a kind of uh, intellectual thrust to it. It wasn't just like tagging. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't images necessarily. It was. It was the kind. Of, it was the kind of graffiti that got worse and worse. There was, um, you know, a message carved into a, a human corpse, a, 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 a cadaver. And um, so it's that it's it's a different kind of graffiti, and so when I when I had the uh, this notion of graffiti appearing on a wall, I um, had to have a cleaner, you know, mm. and um, and then I thought to myself, well, you know, who, who's who's usually going to do that kind of job, and it's usually a foreigner, and at that point I thought, well, what about a a professor of literature from the Bosnia, a refugee from the Bosnian War, he's cleaning off. Uh, that graffiti from the walls and um and so what happens with that is that there's an interesting dynamic where the poetry that he's composed in his life and the literature that he's read in his life begins to resurface as he's cleaning these surfaces and there's a dialogue between these kinds of attacks the violence of these messages and Jovan the main character's efforts to come alive again because what's happened with him is that he's just locked everything down and the, and the graffiti's got a way in which it's forcing him to look, look to at his life again. His li- yeah, address so there the was a natural emergence of those things. But what we do in our lives, I think, is we use aspects of our lives to give authority to the things we write. You know, we've got to know something of it. We've got to have, have had some experience with the things that we're talking about. And in my case, my parents were immigrants from... Um, Serbia and Belgrade, but they came over in the early 70s. And um, I met refugees from the Bosnian War in the 90s. And knowing the language and the culture simply gave me access to their to their experiences and um, uh, 
the possibility of friendship with these people, you know. But it raises this whole question that within our suburbs, we have people that have had to deal with um, trauma on a level we can't imagine. Um, so whilst this is not about the uh, Bosnian-Serbian-Croatian crisis that took place back then, we have people here that carry the baggage of that, are things we can only um, imagine and never really understand because we haven't lived through it. We lead sheltered and protected lives. And then what it does to those people and having to try and reclaim your life in another country. And you've also raised that other issue then of Jovan, who is um, a professor of literature, but serving as a cleaner. His the, well, um, that contrast of what he's got to do to, and where he's got to begin to restore his life and such like. Now, you wanted to read. What page was it again? The, would it be an appropriate time now to do that reading, which gives um, the background of uh, Jovan? So uh, you've got your book there yep, on sure. page 21, and this might be an appropriate time to get that uh, sense of who this character is. Jovan is parked near a railway line. Four trains have passed, two heading towards Frankston and two going to the city. There were mathematical problems that he'd been given in school when he was a boy using trains to figure out various sums. He might be able to work out how long he's been sitting in, this, in his panel van on this street. First, you'll need to start thinking again. Jovan doesn't know how long that will be. Sometimes it has taken an hour to get going again after he's been derailed. And at this moment, he's not sure about anything. He might never be able to think again. He's seen that happen in Bosnia and knows it might happen to him. A ruin beside the tracks. He runs his own name through his head and he's not even sure about that. He repeats it. Jovan Brakocevic. Jovan Brakocevic. It's like a sum that needs trains to be calculated and he doesn't know which stations are where and hasn't been given the appropriate timetables. And the people at the stations are family, strangers, everyone in between, looking at him, waiting for him to disappear so that they can get on with their days. And then there is nothing but a crashing of glass and metal in his endless calculations. Please, he says, murmuring the word into the silent, dead space of the cabin. Please, his lips barely moving. About ten metres away in a house he's been invited to. He will be welcomed. He is an expected guest. A name will not be necessary. He might not be required to say anything. Perhaps they'd let him sit. If there was no demand on him to speak, he'd be delighted to nod at people as they talked and toasted his friend Slava, raising glass after glass to each other, celebrating the world they were living in. He wants to be able to do that not at them as they enjoy Slavko's feast day. There are cars on both sides all the way up and down Raymond Avenue and some are parked on the nature strip. Kids are playing in the street and some have already noticed Jovan in his vehicle, sitting motionless, wondering what he's doing, trains passing and the man in the panel van not moving. Maybe they'll call their parents out soon to investigate the strange behaviour. He knows his body will still work even without being able to think properly, so he removes the keys from the ignition. He opens the door. He moves his legs out to the bitumen. 
He puts one foot in front of the other, trusting that by the time he gets to the door, he'll be able to respond sensibly if someone says hello. The children meet, greet him in English, and he knows he doesn't need to say anything to them. Concentrates on getting through their play area. All these Serbian children playing cricket and speaking English. They don't expect a man like Jovan, a refugee from the wars of their parents, to smile and speak. They allow him to pass without comment, as if the giant lumbering through their field of play is barely visible. A ball is lofted from a cricket bat, and another kid runs to catch it and crashes into the huge Bosnian. The kid falls to the ground. He might have thought he'd run into a parked car. The child is stunned, begins crying, even though he has caught the ball. Jovan doesn't need to think. It's okay if his mind is derailed for this. He picks the kid up and sets him on his feet, kneels down with one hand on his shoulder, the other hand behind the boy's head, lightly assuring him that everything is as it was before the crash. Dear heart, he calls the child, words he hasn't used since his own boy died. The kid still has the tennis ball in his hands and realises it means it's his turn to bat, so off he runs. As if nothing at all happened. That was a reading from Black Rock White City by my guest today. Um, you've got an interesting contrast here because here's a man coping with the baggage of what he's been through in a world that is in many ways ignorant of it. I mean, even the next generation, they're playing cricket, they're becoming acclimatised to the country. I see myself in those... Children playing cricket. Go on. <laughs> well, that's what it was. You know, when I was a kid, I, was, I grew up playing cricket in the streets, you know. And the history of the neighbourhood wasn't just the history of neighbours, but it was the history of people from Greece or Italy or hmm. um, Yugoslavia. And um, my the area that I grew up in had a lot of people from Yugoslavia and the fragmentation of, of um, that particular federation of states um, played itself out in the streets. Um, it, w- it was genuinely a traumatic event for me. I always feel strange about saying that because um, I certainly wasn't involved in the war. I didn't have family in the war. And yet the war went on for 10 years and I felt it just, um, it was so painful, so painful on a daily basis. And it's, I suppose the, re- the reason is is because there's a way most people, you were saying before about how we don't know what people are suffering. Well, the reason for that is not just simply like, you know, the easy sort of thing is to say racism or something like that or just self-centeredness. or, But it's really like the kind of filter that we put on our lives because usually our lives are hard enough as it is without trying to take on board the tragedies and the traumas of other people. Mm. You paint the picture of what has taken place in uh, Bosnia. Old men gunned down, as Bill said, and women and children as well. Regular clean-shaven men, fathers and sons of those other victims, destroyed by Jovan and his kind. Is this what Bill thinks? Jovan wasn't only a refugee, he was responsible for the war. Because he is a Serb, he is responsible for a decade of mutilation and death. There's no conversation. Nothing can change a mind made in ignorance. But Jovan wishes he could speak anyway, to explain that there had been lots of ordinary people with ordinary religion 
who started killing each other for reasons less and less clear as more and more people died. He doesn't want to think of what the Serbs did to the Muslims and can't think about what the Muslims did to the Serbs, to his friends and family, to him, to Susanna. You, the, the picture we get of what then took place in Serbia is of a loss of... Well, not Serbia in particular. It was really the Bosnia. Bosnia, Bosnia and, and the whole, that, that region. Again, my ignorance is coming through mm. um, because geographically I'm not even... Um, I've got an idea but I'm not intimately acquainted with it. But what you do then is uh, show how ordinary people were caught up in this mayhem and became, um, well, became lost souls. And the pivotal image then is when you look at the zoo. Would you like to tell us about that? (laughs) Um, Is it a pivotal image? Well, it's... It's It's, um, a significant scene, for sure, especially for Susana, um, Jovan's wife, who's Mm. actually from Belgrade. Jovan himself is from Bosnia. He's a Bosnian Serb, and Susana is... um, a Serb from Serbia, mm. and there's a difference. Um, the bombing of Serbia, oh, Bosnia was, uh, uh, sorry, Belgrade was um, particularly painful for her. Um, they, um, you know, the bombing of the zoo became, I think, for the in, in terms of the narrative, became um, became a kind of symbol for the way um, there was a. Oh, it's, hard to, it's hard to describe that without actually referencing the specific scene. But The next day, we found that some animals had killed their young. So there'd been a bombing and yeah. it hit the zoo. Yeah. The next day, we found that some animals had killed their young, the director said. A female tiger killed two of her three-day-old cubs, and the other two were so badly injured we couldn't save them. She had been a terrific mother until then, raising several litters without any problems. For yeah. me, anyway, this epitomises what was taking place, where... Um, it, it reminds me of the, the lines yeah. in Macbeth, um, "'Tis unnatural, even like the deed that's done on yeah. Tuesday last." Well, what, what I loved <clears throat> about that particular image, and it's, it, um, it takes place in a news report, um, and this sort of idea that the animals in the, in the Belgrade Zoo, this actually happened, mm. were responding to the bombing. Um, you know, in incredibly um, violent and trauma- traumatized responses that were killing their young and that kind of um, these kinds of unimaginable things, and that, there wasn't just like a tiger or it was all kinds of animals doing the same that same kind of behavior of self destruction, and I felt to me that um, that mirrored what was happening in Serbia, what was happening in Bosnia, this sort of self destruction. Um, that, that's what a civil war is. A civil war is a particular type of violence where, I mean, if, if you've got two countries going to war, it's a little bit different. One de- declares war on the other and they have front lines. And, but this but was a loses. kind of war that was happening all yeah. over the place. It was happening within communities. And but people lose their sense of humanity. I mean, the other irony is that Jovan is a, a professor of literature. He's still trying to run his classes yeah. as the world crumbles around him. Specifically, he's trying to run classes that are inclusive of um, um, Muslims, of Catholic Christians, Orthodox Christians and Jews. But of culture. That formed... Right. Imparting culture as yeah, well. absolutely. And yet what he starts to find is that uh, some of his students have to sleep under the desks because their homes are destroyed. He starts handing out assignment tasks, but you've got to wonder why and, and such like as, as his world crumbles. So, yeah, it was um, this sort of 
um, loss of humanity. It's breaking down of society is what we see here mm-hmm. uh, in many ways. And yet it's not about the war. <laughs> it's about then struggling to reclaim his life in uh, Melbourne, basically, mm-hmm. in a hospital in Melbourne. He lives in, in Frankston. But it then gets into, we can go on to this notion then of the graffiti and Dr. Graffito. What are you trying to suggest here by this use of graffiti? Well, I think that um, there's a sort of superficial sense we have of Australia as being a fairly affluent country and that what we see on the surface of that is a fairly sort of um, self-satisfied um, culture. But I think, in fact, there's a lot of um, a lot of um, other things going on, going on below the surface. And graffiti always is a kind of eruption from what's happening below the surface. Um, and I just, I've taken that particular idea to express a deeper sense of dissatisfaction, uh, a loss of connection, a loss of meaning. But I was wondering if, if graffiti is also not uh, apparent in some of the mantras that politicians come out with, which have been reduced to a same similar sort of tag, mm-hmm. um, you know, stop the boats comes to mind almost immediately, yeah, sure. which says everything and says nothing. At the same time. Sure. Uh, well, sometimes it's shorthand. You know, mm. A person like Tony Abbott, what he represents to the people that, that vote for him and support him is beyond policies or beyond anything he, he says. He simply represents a certain kind of white, male, um, patriarchal sort of figure. And they know that what, what they're going to get from him, you know. And he barely, like I said, needs to say a word about that. Mm. Um, you're Sorry. not aiming for a knighthood here from me, are you? No. <laughs> We're on 3CR, published on Black Rock White City is the book. Alec Patrich is uh, the author. But this whole notion of uh, graffiti leads us into this whole concept of language that you're using here. I mean, just the um, that reading you did before, um, and I don't know if I can get his name, uh, the pronunciation of his name, Jovan Brokhajevic. It's, it's pretty a, good. It's like the rattling of the train down the track. So there's a sound. Were you aware of that when that you're doing... That Brokhajevic sounds like a train moving down the tracks? Well, the clackety-clack, clackety-clack right. sort of thing there. That There's, there's one similarity. You... Um, Look at the uh, the the graffiti. You've even got an eye chart in there at one <laughs> stage because yeah. we're in a hospital. But what does the eye chart say? Cogito ergo sum. Well, there's there's a lot and, of, a and, lot vari- in the eye chart. and variations on the theme. I go ergo cogito ogre, yeah. Um, yeah. and all of a sudden we're reading into words all sorts of uh, alternatives for the mind to play with, mm. etc. You've got Dr. Graffito trying to get his message out in macabre ways as well. Um, you've also got uh, Jovan struggling with the language. Um, you have um, basically, uh, if now, where did I put the quote? I don't know. Uh, I should be better prepared than this. You have quoted him at one stage there's um the air that breathes me the air that moves my life that evaporates my soul the air that kisses me and kisses me the air breathing in the bliss of my longest exhalation you've got jovan who is a professor of literature who has written poetry and yet when we hear him speak 
Why is it hard to speak? Jovan. Jovan. The sound's all in English. <laughs> you, you, you've got him um, with his broken English, and that makes him appear ignorant, but he's not. Deliberate? Yeah, absolutely it's deliberate. Um, uh, language is a carrier of culture. It's not just simply um, you know, a method of communication. Um, there is a lot of um, history and culture that go along with language. Um, and in Jovan's case, there's a particular resistance to becoming fluent in English. He actually resists it, and it's because he doesn't really want to move into the future. Um, he's unable to move into the future, his wife, Susanna, is um, very different in that respect. She's reading English. She's trying to write in English. She is deliberately making a move to, to move into Australian life. Um, but um, with Jovan, it's not just some kind of stubbornness. It's, it's his, um, the loss of his children. Um, and so there's a sort of idea that um, once we lose something as precious as that, any sort of forgetting is a betrayal. Um, and so language symbolises a lot for him. Um, he lost a lot when he lost his language. If we say language carries culture and history, when he lost his language, his ability to speak with, with um, people, he lost his soul. He lost um, everything that was dear to him. Lost a way of expressing himself in the in the way he best understood. And then you get the contrast. Susanna is trying to learn English, but you've got the uh, usual problems. She enjoys speaking English, though she continues to feel, feel the bewilderment a native of a phonetic language experiences every time she encounters the chaos of English spelling. Four, but 40, not F-O-U-R-T-Y. Nine, but not N-I-F-E. It is K-I-N-I-F-E. Where does the K come from? Why is it there? The W in sword. Where is it in the word sort? Why doesn't a person swart out the male if they've just used a sword to kill the mailman? Why is there two L's in Hallam and R's in Barracuda? We have, yeah, the English language is, is um, crazy in many yeah. ways. It's... it's um, a bastardization of several languages in many ways. Sure. With I think that's the power of English. Yes. That's the, the beauty of English is that it's so all-inclusive. You mm. know? Um, there's words from Latin, Greek, Italian, you know, uh, so many languages have contributed to what English is. Um, but it's a way of expressing the soul, as you say, when we can use it well. And we see that contrast in, in Jovan trying to reclaim his soul. Uh, but not having the means to do it because he can't necessarily use his native language in a foreign city. Well, the, the processes, I think, of um, healing for both Susanna and Jovan are mirrored in their use of language. I don't... With Jovan, you don't, he's, not, he's not really able to recover. Even though he seems, um, from the outside, someone that is a little bit stronger and a little bit more solid and stable... In fact, he's really not moving forward. It's Susanna, his wife, that has finally found a way to, to progress. Well, we, we should have said more about Susanna because it, it actually picks up the narrative structure because we see what's happening to Jovan and then uh, Susanna um, as, as it progresses. So it's almost like two parallel stories and these two individuals trying to bring their lives back 
together, but they're almost on separate paths in many ways. But uh, Susan is, is actually writing a story which is her means in some ways of, of recovering. Mm. She, starts, she starts writing a novel. Mm. Um, and that novel um, is also a, way, a mirror on the internal lives of the characters and the way the, the, they're progressing. I would say, like, instead of thinking of them moving in different um, directions, um, they're moving – they're constantly moving like those trains from Frankston to Melbourne mm. – they're moving on those right on those tracks in to in in different in different times. One's going backwards, one's going forwards, and there's a kind of um, there's a pull they have on each other as they are trying both of them to trying to coordinate the timetable, like Metro <laughs> in Melbourne. Yes, uh, that sort of thing. Yes, they're they're on similar paths in the sense of what they've experienced, the regret. The guilt, uh, all of the feelings, because um, how much can you reveal about the loss of the two children? Yeah, well, it's on the blurb. It's on the blurb. <laughs> so, but it's in, not a spoiler. But in, but in terms of um, how the children died or how, how Susan and Jovan feel about that and, mm-hmm. and what was the cause of it, uh, of the deaths, etc., uh, regrets about decisions made and not made sure. and we- all of these sorts of things. You're, they're both, they both have different kinds of responsibilities for those, the deaths of their children. The deaths of their children are also symbolic. Um, um, the ways in which cultures or societies push themselves towards or violence and the way they get embroiled in violence and um, when you know, governments have duties of care towards their people, when they start behaving in ways in which when their behaviour creates situations in which their citizens start dying mm. in masses, is like parents of children and, and the duty of care for those children. There's that kind of mirroring in the lives of um, Jovan mm. and Susanna. But then again, you've also got that line where Susanna has actually tried to help, an act of sacrifice that simply turned out bad. So... The things we do don't necessarily um, improve a situation, even though we're trying to do the best for others as well. We're subject to fate or, or circumstance in many ways in that regard that they've got to put up with. Um, we are rapidly running out of time. I notice the clocks here are all sort of at different at, at odds. Um, You've got the co- sorry. What were you going to say? I just want. Oh, I just wanted to go back to your very first question um, when you're talking about people who've got trauma in their background or violence mm. in their background. And for me, you know, the Black Rock White City, as much as it deals with the Bosnian War, is in fact a Melbourne novel. It's about Melbourne life, and the title itself, Black Rock White City. Black Rock is a reference to a Melbourne suburb. Sub- White City is a reference to Belgrade, which is what Belgrade translates. But also, Blackrock is, is, is the war, it's that violence, and White City is the offer of hope that Melbourne is for so many people. And since the first fleets, for, since the first fleet came to Australia, people have come because of strife and because of troubles in their background. So for me, Jovan and Susan are actually archetypally Australian. Australian in that regard. You know, because everyone that came here, I mean, I suppose for the last 50 years, it's been a lucrative place for, yeah. for people to come. But for 150 years before that, you only came here. And I, I personally feel that Melbourne is built 
from the resilience of these kinds of people that are surviving and, and recovering and moving forward. Yeah. And, and in fact, Susanna finds work in BlackRock. The irony being she's helping a family, provides meals, etc., and yet is struggling to create her own family. Or, well, or, and the care of that family because they're having trouble with a, yeah. with, um, a pregnant woman who who's can't... Who's got had, depression and, and <clears throat> needs bed rest. Yeah, yes. and... But but what happens mm. with that is that they they remind her of what life is really about, mm. and then you know so they decide well let's let's have a child, yeah. let's see if we can start again. And we can't go into it now, but there's this image of life and death. I think it's chapter two where you've got the delivery room. Things have gone wrong. Uh, we also have blood and guts and sex and the images that come that evoke so many ideas about life. We haven't even gone into Jovan's um, behaviour and affair and, and such like. Yeah, well, there's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's a, it's a romance. It's um, a crime novel. It's a tragedy. It's a bit of everything. The, the imagery there, the use of language. Um, I think there's something for everyone. And congratulations on um, a great read. Thank you, David. Thank you for coming in. We are going to actually have to end the interview there so ruminations can come in. The book, Black Rock, White City, A.S. Patrich, and it is a transit lounge publication. So thank you once again.